0: Ty, well hey man, by the looks of it, it looks like we're recording
1: My light's on over here, man, so I think we're good
0: Mine flickered on and off, so I figured, you know, mine usually doesn't work that well I figured that means that it's trying to work Yeah So, I just, you know, we'll just go for it So, uh, welcome everyone to CSP Yeah, welcome guys It's, uh, it's me and Rocky today, like old times Just like old times, my favorite this is, you know what? I, I I take that back. This is a close second. My favorite is the classic late night CSP.
1: It's got to be the late night CSP, right? Exactly. Got to be. We'll have to we'll have to do a late night next time.
0: I'm always down for a good late night CSP. So Ty, I mean, it's it's been a while since we talked, man. Um, you know what's what's going on with you? How is uh how's the German lifestyle?
1: Uh, Germany's good, man. These days. Um... I'm certainly loving summer over here. It's like, lately it's been like 80 degrees tops. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, with like not nearly that much humidity. And at nighttime it gets down to like 60, 65. Like, if I were to go out late night, I would have to, or I wouldn't have to, but I'd be comfortable wearing a hoodie or a cardigan, which is pretty fantastic for me. Yeah. Well, they issue the cardigans out whenever
0: you move to Germany, first of all.
1: <laughs> they do. When you get off the plane, they just issue your own your cardigan. Yeah. So So well, yeah, it's been pretty chill. Are you uh have you
0: done anything else? Like are you like hitting the town at all or doing anything crazy like that or
1: hanging out with any buddies uh you know, in any yeah. hot, hot spots? Yeah, like uh I think we talked like right down downtown where I live Kaiserslautern. Um the downtown area where just all the bars and clubs are is like 10, 15 minutes walk, which is awesome because you can walk – you don't have to drive. You can just walk down there and just get plastered and just walk back uphill and you're at home in like 15 minutes. Um, so yeah, they have some pretty cool bars down there. They have a really awesome <laughs> – even though you're in Germany, they have, they have some really cool German pubs too, but there's an, a totally awesome Irish pub just down there and um, and it's really weird cuz there's this german guy in there who learned english from an irish from from an irish guy so he talks in a total irish accent like his his Ameri- his english accent is totally irish so when you hear him you're like oh shit you're from ireland and he's like no i just learned from an Irishman. oh that's you know? crazy so he's totally german but he just learned from an irish dude it was it's pretty awesome
0: that is so strange, man. I, I still do not understand how like those dialects come from, you know
1: like it's-, it's weird. and what's really weird is is being like a shithead American is you think everything is American. So whenever you hear him talking in that Irish accent, you're like, you should just have like an American accent. And you're like, no, he learned from an Irish dude. but part of your brain is still just like it doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to make sense. I didn't realize that they could just pick up like that, man. That's
1: that's really interesting. Yeah, that's what's so weird. Um, and, of course, it's the other way around. Like like uh, Indian people in India, like since they're part of – they were part of the English – the yeah, the British Empire. Mm-hmm. So most of the English they learn is British English. So they mostly, if they speak English, they have a British accent.
0: So Which is stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's also really humorous to see too, as being yeah. being a shithead American. It is uh,
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. really in
0: tune with a lot of shithead American uh, types of thinking. So anytime mm-hmm. I see an Indian person with a British accent, it's hilarious to me. I do it too,
1: um, or like the fact that, like how Cuba, we have like the trade embargo on them. So with so, so Americans just can't easily go to Cuba. And of course they they legally can't buy products like you, – you're supposed to not be able to get like Cuban cigars as an American. But then you forget that like America is the only shithead country that like has that going with Cuba. So over here you can get as many Cuban anything as you want. And then you're like – for a second you're like, how do you get that? And you're like, oh wait, we're the assholes. That's why. You guys aren't assholes. We're, we are,
0: so – you know, Ty, you're, you're really you're really making me think of a this would be an awesome segment to have. Just there are so many reasons why America is a shithead country and just for sh- stupid shithead rules like that.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. And you just totally do have that mindset where you're like, "Oh yeah, we're not the only country in the entire world." Man.
0: Oh. This is great, dude. I'm You know, I'm sad that you moved to Germany, but in a way I'm happy that I could talk to you and you can you can make me realize that You know, because I forget, you know, to me, it's like Germany is like a just a mythical fictional land, you know, and same with like, especially like Japan, like that's just like a make believe
1: land too. It is, right? And for me too, like when I got here, it was really weird going to places that I was like, oh, this place like is a real place and it's not just like pictures that I see in a textbook or this is like an actual place.
0: Man, shithead rules. Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking that the whole world went by those, but... Uh,
1: no, you know. just America,
0: right? You live and learn. Right. Well, Ty, um, normally we start off the show with kind of what we're watching. I think, um, I don't know if it's just been laziness on our part, or um, just try- trying to get our feet wet on the show, but that's kind of become a staple here on CSP. Yeah,
1: that's basically how we do it, right?
0: Yeah, so has there been anything
1: good on your uh, on your little queue list there or anything? Yeah, man, I've been watching a few things. Um, Have you watched Silicon Valley yet? It's an HBO
0: show. No, I have not, but I've looked into it, though. It looks pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, dude, it's hilarious. It's so funny. Um, It's on HBO. It's just had one season, and I guess the next season will probably start either late this year or maybe early next year. But it's just about a few dudes, and they work for this tech company that's supposed to be like Google like in Silicon Valley in California. And one of them comes up with this crazy algorithm for like compressing files, basically. And, um, and basically he branches off and starts trying to make his own little empire. But it's, it's hilarious because it just shows like this stupid, uh, like that awkward, like computer engineer kind of type of dude, um, but yeah, it's like the funniest shit I've seen in a really long time.
0: So it's so it's supposed to be a comedy. Then it's not like some yeah. kind of dramatic piece or anything.
1: Yeah, it's a total comedy. Like it's basically making fun of like Google, Apple, all the like, and especially like all the tech gurus, like like Steve Jobs um, and Bill Gates, and all like the uh, all like the spiritual tech gur- gurus that they have out there, with like these little nerdy dudes in the middle, like getting swept up into the whole crazy shit.
0: That's funny that you bring that up because I recently, have you seen the movie Antitrust? I think it's from I haven't. Is that with Ryan Filipe or <laughs> whatever his name is? Um, I think I think so it's got uh, Tim Robbins in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. it's, it's got to be from like 98, like that really that really strange time in technology where we weren't quite there but we had such vast ideas and yeah, I'm yeah, gonna, I
1: totally remember that. I never watched it,
0: though. I'm going to see if we can look up the date on that movie. But, Ty, it was the
1: perfect time to make, like, a computer movie. There were a lot of computer movies coming out, like, in the mid to late 90s like that. Like, Antitrust, Hackers, <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic. Let me get this pulled
0: up. 2001, okay. hmm Yeah, that's, that's the one right there, man. Um... That movie's so silly to watch now. I mean, it's it's kind of good, but it's I love watching shit with just, like, the shit technology that they had then, and it's just like, you know, it's the wave of the future, and everybody's got this stupid bulky computer and <laughs> floppy disks and shit. It's so
1: funny. Yeah. Yeah, I love that, too. And then their, like, their user interfaces on their screen are just awful, terrible, like, bullshit. <laughs> yeah
0: and it's like everybody's they're they're typing in all this data but it's just the, it's just like the classic you know kind of stereotypical computer hacker screen with just a bunch of numbers flowing down and like matrix yeah. style
1: Dude, what i always hated for movies like that were the fake um the fake search sites that they would have to make cuz they couldn't use like the le- like the legitimate search sites like <laughs> like like lycos remember lycos oh i do oh, i remember I like lycos yeah to- Back in the day, so they would have to make up their own shitty search engine. Do you remember any off the top of your head?
0: <laughs> no, I can't remember any at all. Oh man, websites were so fucked up back then.
1: Yeah, they were. They were.
0: And speaking of that, I mean, have you checked out that AMC
1: show, Halt and Catch Fire? No, I wanted to check that out, um, and I think I found that through that, too. What is that about? I think it's it's just
0: sort of like the the rise of computers in the 80s in Silicon Valley.
1: Yeah, I think I heard about that and I heard really good things about it. Have you watched it yet? I have
0: not, but I've I've been wanting to. I was hoping that it it wasn't going to have like the uh like the Breaking Bad curse where everything after Breaking Bad kind of sucks on AMC now, like fucking Low Winter Sun, like that's just
1: <laughs> Yeah, I haven't watched anything on AMC really other than The Killing, which I'm into, but yeah. No, I haven't watched it yet.
0: I haven't either. In fact, I mean, I, I'm guessing that it's premiered at this point. Like, I'm kind of speaking out of school on this. I just remember seeing um, seeing trailers for it during Mad Men. hmm Yeah, it looks like
1: it's premiered. Yeah, and it's got pretty high ratings, so you okay. might have to check that out.
0: Well, that's good, man. AMC. AMC's got their shit together.
1: They do, really, right? Let's see. I watched uh, the new Planet of the Apes movie, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, dude, that looks so good. It was killer, man. It was so killer. It was. Uh, it like it like hit the perfect note between being like a awesome special effects action laden like blockbuster, and then also being like a really smart, intelligent, and like deep, like with a deep meaning behind it. It was really good.
0: Man, I I really loved the the first one. I, I haven't been to the movies in a while, so I mm-hmm. haven't haven't checked that out yet. But um, the the fr- the rise of the Planet of the Apes wasn't that that was the the original with um.
1: Uh, I think that was Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I think really. I think. Yeah, let me check. One was Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and the other one was Dawn. It looks like Rise was 2011, so that was the first
0: one. Okay. I, I so don't this... know what's what's the newest one. Did you just say again? What's it called? I think it's
1: Dawn of the Planet of... of the Apes. Then. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Is that it? Yeah.
0: Anyways, cool. whenever I whenever I saw the the Rise of the Planet of the Apes in theater, I was I was um. I I, I didn't know because I'd never watched any of the original Planet of the Apes movies, mm-hmm. and they always seemed a little cheesy. But that was just because it was like you know the. 70s or whatever, 60s, and yeah, they couldn't quite get the ape costumes correct, and, you know, fucking Dr. Zaius and all that shit, and, yeah, yeah. And, but the way they did that, the way they did the remake was so, it was so just brilliantly made, I, I couldn't wait to see the new one, but, you know, in my head, Godzilla's still playing in the theaters, that's where I'm at, dude, movie, movie style. It's
1: kind of me, too, I've fallen behind, totally, like, I haven't watched Godzilla, I haven't seen anything in quite a while, so... But yeah, let's see what else. I, I finally watched, um, for the first time, I watched American Werewolf in London. Dude, that's that's a
0: classic, and I've never really, I don't think I've ever sat through and watched that either. Yeah. Um. So what year, what
1: year is that movie made? I think it was, I think it was like 81, or is it, no, it must have been after that. Hold on a sec. But it's John Landis who used to be just a badass. Yeah, it was eighty one. Um, yeah, and I ha- I'd never seen it, and I'd always seen it on like classic horror movie lists, but just had never watched it. And so finally, I was like, "What the hell? Haven't I watched it?" Like, and uh, it was awesome. Was it? Yeah, it was totally awesome. Um, that's some really awesome special effects in it, like the transformation effects as he's turning into a into a werewolf. Um. Yeah, and it's also pretty gruesome.
0: I'll have to check that one out. The only the one that comes to my mind immediately is American Werewolf in Paris.
1: I know, and I totally, like, I watched that in theaters, and I loved it when I was a kid. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of what made me want to watch this, is I was like, that movie was clearly pretty shitty. So um, it's pretty stupid that I haven't watched the actual original. So it's supposed to be really good, and it was just really good.
0: For anybody that's listening that has, that has uh, checked out an American Werewolf in London and has not checked out an American Werewolf in Paris, mm-hmm. we're referring to the the 1997. I guess it's considered a horror comedy, sort of. Yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. But it's, it's got Tom Everett
1: Scott in it.
0: And mm-hmm. uh, the part I just remember is like, the, I just remember a lot of Bush songs being in it.
1: <laughs> there was Bush. The main song was Bush. Yeah. It was like, I think of their song, Mouth. Yes, yeah, dude, totally. I had the American Werewolf in Paris soundtrack. I was, I was super into it. Nice. Yeah, and uh, I
0: remember him going into, whenever he was just about to change into the werewolf, he would he went into a restaurant and
1: he just wanted a steak and he wanted it rare, bloody. <laughs> That's right. There was some cool special effects in that, too, especially for the time. But yeah. uh, it was definitely vastly shittier than, uh, than the original. But yeah, if you haven't watched the original, watch it. It's really good, actually, and it's better than just like a cheesy old horror movie. It was just actually a really good movie.
0: I've been getting caught up on some classics. Um, I actually recently started subscribing to Hulu Plus.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And have you ever checked out Hulu Plus? Or I never have, man. I used to watch Hulu just regular Hulu regular, but never got into Hulu Plus. I mean.
0: Hulu Plus is, is pretty good for what it is basically. I mean it's it's made, I guess to watch like TV shows on, but um, a lot of the I hate that, that there's commercials in between the TV shows yeah I mean and it's you know kind of bullshit because you're paying really the same that you're paying for Netflix and at the beginning of every show there's a commercial and then where where the show would break for a commercial they get like a little two minute ad for like Colgate or something
1: and you still have to watch commercials but... Oh yeah
0: you can't you can't fast forward through it and some of them they have like two ads, you know it's like that's shitty yeah but um whenever you're watching the movies they they have a pretty decent selection of movies and the, my favorite thing about it is um, they have like the Criterion Collection is, is licensed to Hulu, so nice. you know, there's an entire channel. It's just all Criterion shit.
1: That's pretty cool, yeah.
0: And by the way, have you ever seen the the David Lynch um, Alphabet? Fucking terrifying. No, I have not seen that, no. It's is a, it called Alphabet or? I think it's just called The Alphabet or something like that, but it's it's like a four-minute movie, but it's, it's a Criterion oh, okay. selection.
1: No, I've never seen that or even heard of it, really. But it's fucking terrifying, Ty. Yeah, yeah, dude. (laughs) I can imagine. Is it pretty old, like back around his eraser days, or something?
0: Yeah, it's. Um, I'm guessing it. It would have had to have been probably one of his first like pieces that he put together because it's, you know, it's four minutes long. It looks like it was just a short project that he was working on. Yeah, but I know you're a big Lynch guy, so
1: grating, grating soundtrack that's like a terrifying, distorted piano keys and shit.
0: Oh yeah, they're definitely parts of that. And also, don't forget about the little kids that are that are chanting the ABCs in the background too.
1: Oh Jesus! You get little it's, children. Yeah, it's from nineteen sixty-eight, so a few years before Eraserhead, apparently.
0: It's that's uh, funny because
1: I was just talking to somebody about Eraserhead. Well, what happened there? Was it somebody that didn't like the movie or? Uh, they had mentioned basically. They had mentioned like this. They were talking about it. In a very negative way, as it was just one of those people that was like, uh, "That movie was so stupid. That was pointless, and I didn't get it." And meanwhile, I was like, "This is like the most terrifying movie I've ever seen." Eraserhead. Like you, I don't know if you missed the point or something, but I was disturbed by the end of that movie.
0: That it's Which is a
1: good.
0: it's a terrifying movie, and it's horrifying. You know, it's I feel like you at at this point you have to watch that movie and. You're either gonna say it's awesome or you're gonna say it's stupid. Either way, you're you're trying to be cool, I guess, with with a certain
1: aspect of the way you say it. Yeah, really. I mean, really, you shouldn't just bring up a racer head, I guess, because you're gonna be pretentious or a dick either way. But, I feel uh, like I feel like
0: the people are. I mean, you're definitely being more pretentious if you talk about how much that movie sucks, because how can how can there be a cult classic since the '60s that just has no meaning to it? Like. You know, yeah, as right. if people wouldn't have found out about it whenever it first came out. Like, there's no yeah. meaning to this.
1: It's stupid. Yeah, and he's another one. I I need to start going through his movies because I've seen a good. I've probably seen like half of them, but uh, there's a few that I haven't seen. Like I haven't seen the Elephant Man since I was like a kid, so I, I don't even really remember it. But the yeah. Elephant
0: Man. I'm not sure if I've ever seen that one actually.
1: Yeah, Elephant Man was the one. Um, I forgot. I forgot what the the disease is called, but it's like the deformity disease where your bones grow all huge. It's elephantitis. Yeah. Is it elephantitis? That makes sense. Um, so there was a famous, uh, elephant man from like the early 1900s or something. And, um, basically he just became like a freak sideshow freak. Um, but he was like a really sensitive and romantic poetic guy who was just like a really nice guy. Um, and Anthony Anthony Hopkins actually. Anthony Hopkins is his like is his like lawyer or something or is like his agent, I forgot. And John Hurt is the elephant man. And it's kind of just about him as he's navigating through like the freak sideshow scene and then when he's like trying to break free and just like live in peace. Um it's really, really highly rated. I think it might have won some Oscars and stuff. But it's from 80, 1980.
0: And this has nothing to do with um, the movie Mask, with um, the story about Rocky Dennis. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> yeah, oh, I've shit? totally
1: seen that movie. Okay. That movie starred me as a child. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's that's a pretty sad movie, too. I want to go back and watch that again, though.
1: I do, too, except I'm going to stop it before the end because it's <laughs> going to dredge up a lot of memories. <laughs> the tears will come back. Oh, uh, shit. I th- man, I forgot where I was. Um,
0: somebody... somebody Somebody called somebody Rocky Dennis or something. It was fucking
1: ridiculous.
0: <laughs> Jesus. And I just I just lost my shit because there were there were so many people that didn't that, that weren't caught on that didn't catch on with it. But if you call somebody Rocky Dennis in public and they kinda of have like a fat face or something, it's it's horrible.
1: <laughs> That's horrible because on one hand it's like you're calling them extremely ugly, and then on the other hand, Rocky Dennis was like Apparently, a really nice kid.
0: Oh, he! If he was anything like he was in the movie, dude, he was just like a beautiful person, just an awesome guy. He was it's
1: a soft-spoken dude with a with a beautiful heart and a huge face and a huge, big old face. Man, <laughs> God, that's a terrible <laughs> disease to have. It's pretty brutal, dude. I just found out about this. Have you? Do we ever talk about this movie called Deathbed? Oh, uh, I don't it's, think so. It's called Deathbed, the bed that eats. Oh, it's, it's from nineteen seventy-seven. And the blurb is basically, a bed possessed by a demon spirit consumes its users alive. Holy shit. And I haven't watched it yet, but I just found it on YouTube, and I'm really excited to watch it. It's from 1977, and word on the street is awful and wonderful.
0: <laughs> so there we go. We're going to recommend that to the uh, listeners. Check it out on YouTube, Deathbed. Yeah, it's on
1: youth, YouTube, Deathbed, colon, The Bed That Eats. That's a good. That's a good tagline. Oh yeah. oh yeah that there's like a there's a tales from the
0: dark side episode that I think stole from that movie
1: really yeah
0: because it's it's a writer it's it's a writer that um he he lures these chicks into his apartment you know and he can like pick up chicks because he's like a really cool writer and he's really like cryptic and everybody like loves him but he's bringing them into his apartment to get them to like take off most of their clothes and lay on the bed, but it's just so the bed can eat them because the bed gives him ideas. (laughs) Like the bed writes his stories for
1: him. And that's, that's the deal that he has. The bed eats, but the bed has to eat chicks. Like that's, that's what he needs. He needs chicks to eat. Yeah. The
0: bed eats people, but I guess the bed prefers naked chicks. Nice. So if, if he does that, then the bed will
1: keep writing his stories for him. (laughs) Nice. No, I haven't seen that one. Yeah.
0: But yeah, so, um, Ty, we pretty much just spent the whole first segment just talking about flicks, man. We just we get too into it, I think is what it is.
1: Holy oh, shit, yeah, you know Guess what I'm saying. Did,
0: I but uh, you know that's that's great. We got a couple ideas of things to check out here, and um, yeah, hope Netflix doesn't drop us now that I'm I'm subscribed
1: to Hulu. I know, dude. You shouldn't have said that. Are you still subscribed to Netflix? Oh, of course, yeah. Okay, me too. So we got both of us on that. Okay. I'm subscribed to Netflix and I don't even watch it anymore. I think I'm just subscribing so my sister can watch now. really? And I don't want to drop it because then she won't have Netflix.
0: I don't like to say this on the podcast, but I, I guess I'm gonna have to. i I really just feel like Netflix doesn't have much to offer these days, Ty.
1: I'm wondering, I know like last year they lost a lot of stuff like they, Something fell through. I forgot what it was. It was one of the major studios fell through, and so they lost a lot of stuff. But I haven't really looked at it that much lately, so I can't really say.
0: But if if you have the, the ways and means, I mean, I do, I do enjoy watching the documentaries on Netflix. And yeah. there have been some documentaries that I've watched in the past that have since been taken off Netflix, and now that I feel like since I'm... Since I've got the uh, the mega powers of Hulu Plus and Netflix combined, I yeah. really feel like with both of their catalogs, there is any fucking at least any documentary that I can think of that I'll be able to watch.
1: You got all your bases covered, basically, is what you got.
0: And then also with the WWE Network, it's like you know throwing a little huh. bit of wrestling every now and then. That's right. Is that
1: is that an actual channel or is that online?
0: No, it's it's on uh, it's on you know all of them. It's on Roku, Apple TV. It's a whole uh, it's a whole network. That's right. That's right.
1: That's awesome, And The internet has you covered, dude.
0: It's you know it's it's got to be hurting
1: cable subscribers. Our it has kids, to be, yeah. man. Yeah, and and uh, did you see like I don't know if we talked about this? My uh, favorite show on television, Community, got canceled. Um.
0: I hadn't heard about this? that, but I don't think we talked about it exactly. What what exactly went on with that?
1: Yeah, well, they got dropped by NBC because NBC is garbage. And um, and also because hardly anybody watched it because it's like a – it's such a fringy show. Like it, all it does is reference really nerdy and like old things. Like they did an entire episode cartoon style, G.I. Joe cartoon style. Oh, that's so cool. So like how many people are you alienating like you in – like viewers at home how many people are you alienating with that but it was freaking brilliant and genius um but basically they got canceled by nbc and they had like two weeks to find somebody else to pick it up and one of the mantras of the show it's like and the show's like really meta so they reference the fact that they're a show in the show all the time so one of the things that they say in the show is six seasons in a movie like that and that's been their mantra for like two <laughs> seasons now So, like, all the fans want is just six seasons in a movie. So, they got after their fifth season, they got dropped by NBC. And so, like, all fans started petitioning, like, Comedy Central, um, like, Netflix, Hulu, like, anybody, please pick up just all we need is one more season, and then we'll pay for a movie ourselves. We'll, like, we'll, like, crowdfund a movie if we need to. Um, And so, it basically came down to, like, the last six hours that it was possible. And you know who came through at a left field, just oh, diving yeah. in at, from the from like six years ago, is Yahoo. Yahoo came through. <laughs> oh, so, shit. Yeah, so the sixth season of Community is going to be on Yahoo. Like I forgot, it's like Yahoo Screen. Yahoo Screen. But yeah, Yahoo picked it up, man. And they already have some other show going. So, wow. so all ta- all shows are just going online. And there's like how many how many Netflix shows are there now? Like three or four.
0: Yeah, at least, and they're they're. I mean, at least um, House of Cards is doing really well. I don't know about like fucking Hemlock Grove or you know. Well yes. Orange it's- is the new black, though.
1: Yeah, I'm hearing good shit about that That's too. Legit. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: It's the wave of the future, and you heard it first on CSP, guys. <laughs> you heard it
1: first, guys.
0: <laughs> All right, Ty. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick little break, and uh, we'll come back, and we'll talk about uh, more topics that are on our mind. This is just kind of a kind of a. From the hip show today. Yeah, really.
1: You know? Got no uh, got no outline today. Nah. That's the way to do it, though, I feel like. Yeah.
0: Got no agenda, you know? Ah oh, dude,
1: we're just two dudes.
0: That's all we are. Yep. Now we're two dudes taking a break, so uh, we'll be right back on CSP. As a musician, I find that marijuana has become an integral part of my creative process. I think it would be really tough to create the kind of music that I enjoy without it. Please vote yes on Proposition 19.
1: I've suffered from the effects of early onset arthritis for a number of years now, and marijuana helps me manage that pain. Please vote yes on Proposition 19.
2: Before I smoked marijuana, I used to fart out of my wiener, now I fart out of my bum. Please vote yes on Proposition 19. Rain everywhere
1: around you it to it Let the
2: day surround you You don't need a reason War, poverty, and disease were gone But so were the trees and the flowers Universal Pictures present Silent Running Starring Bruce Dern How far would Lowell go to save the forest? Suicide, sir God bless you, Freeman from Douglas Trumbull, the man who created the special effects for 2001, comes Silent Running, a Universal Picture rated G.
0: All right, Ty, how was that break for you, buddy?
1: It's pretty good, man. I'm recharged. I'm raring to go. I'm I'm
0: refreshed. I took a little power nap, so I'm I'm feeling good. <laughs> feeling like I can get through the through the show now. Did you? Your
1: eyes did like glaze over for a second. I guess that was the nap.
0: Oh yeah, that was the nap. Um were you talking to me whenever I just kind of took a little cat nap there or No, you were talking to me. That was weird. That was oh. what was about it. I hate it when that happens. It's got to be so rude, but I I'm, <laughs> I'm just kind of trained to whenever my body needs energy, I just
1: kind of just go out. Just go out. It was only like 2 seconds, so Yeah, that's a that's so you're, good. I just thought you had like an aneurysm or something. <laughs> Or like I'm <laughs> n- nodding
0: off from using or something like that. No- <laughs> nothing like that. I'm just I'm training my body to stay
1: energized. Nice. I need to work on that. Like a two two second power nap.
0: That's what I call a super power nap. You know. It's like a um, reboot. Yeah. It's almost unnecessary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can't do anything for you. I can't imagine. But
0: yeah, you'd you'd be surprised. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're back on CSP and Ty. I, I wanted to. I wanted to let you know that Rodrigo finally came through for us. We've we've been um, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I know that we haven't brought this up on the podcast because we haven't really been supposed to talk to talk about it, really. Yeah, yeah. But there's been a, a legal battle with our domain name. Um, we were unable to get completesentencespodcast.com for the longest time because it was owned by another another. I guess you could say group or someone had affiliation <laughs> with that. Rodrigo finally pulled it through after countless hours of litigation. Um so we can now be found at CompleteSentencesPodcast.com. dot com.
1: Holy cow, we have a dot com now. Yeah. yeah that's about as legit as it gets. Like I feel like that's the mountaintop right there is when you get your own domain name.
0: Oh, yeah, that's to me, it's it's all about finding finding a way to, use a website template like a, like a WordPress and find, Mm -hmm. find ways to make it look like you did everything yourself. And I think that's where we're at now.
1: We're there, man. We're legit now.
0: But yeah, thank big. Thanks to Rodrigo who couldn't make it in
1: today because we're giving him a much needed day off after that. Yeah, I guess he came through in the end. I didn't know he had such, like, lawyerly skills. I didn't know he had such litigation skills.
0: And that's the funny thing. He really didn't until this happened, and he just kind of stepped up to the plate.
1: Might have to uh, take it easy on old Rodrigo in the future.
0: I'll give him just enough credit. I'm not going to give him too much credit, because then nah. he's going to fucking go back to how he was, just fucking phoning it in every day. But Right, man. it'll go
1: to his head, and then i will just be back to being a dickhead every day. Yeah. But... Yeah.
0: As of today, Rodrigo, we
1: speak your name. Absolutely, Rodrigo. Well done. So, yeah, man, I listened to uh, the last episode. Was it the last episode with Betty Page from the uh, Bunny Ranch?
0: Yeah, yeah, episode 59. This is currently yeah. episode 60, we should say.
1: Holy cow, 60. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I listened. It was awesome. It was really awesome. Well done on that interview.
0: Oh, man. yeah.
1: that interview, too.
0: Oh, yeah, well... You know, once again, I just can't thank Betty enough for coming on the show. That was that was super cool that she took the time to do that because I think anybody, you know, even if you're a dude like us or if you're anybody, I think you would have a bunch of interesting questions for someone that works at the Bunny Ranch. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, man. And obviously, she's going to be on the show soon. It sounds like she's moving up in the company, mm-hmm. if, that's, if that's how you would word it. So. I think they do refer to it as the company. I don't know. It's the company. But yeah, man, it was awesome to hear her perspective on things and just her uh, her view of the industry. And I also want to announce, too, um, for anyone that hasn't
0: been following our Twitter or her Twitter, just any any place where we post shit, um, since that episode, I think she's, she said that she's been there for about two, maybe three months. Um, yeah. But since that episode, she has now been um, voted Bunny of the Month. So... Yeah, that's awesome. Man. That that is pretty cool. I'm I was really
1: happy to hear that. Wonder how that works if you get like a plaque if there's like a a plaque with names on it and your and her face, her pictures in the middle. I'm assuming
0: there would be a plaque of some sort. I think any business that that has a sort of employee of the month and they don't give you a plaque, that's kind of just like shithead American stuff,
1: you know? Yeah. Pretty much pretty much. And uh, I definitely fell in love with her when she said she would like to be the first bunny to what sleep with, sleep with uh, Bruce Campbell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: sure. I, I I thought for sure as soon as I heard her say that I was like, oh my god! Well, you know, let me introduce you to Ty.
1: <laughs> god bless her. God bless her heart.
0: But yeah, so if if anybody skipped over that one on accident and you're tuned into episode 60, listen back to that one. It was a fun, it was one of those fun interviews where you know. Ty, I look forward to these episodes with you because it's me and you hanging out. We're doing the classic thing. We're just it this these are the kind where we, we can just um you know, just kind of take a load off and just talk, you know, just talk about what's going on. It's yeah. it's episodes like the last one where it's like, you know, you step up to the plate, you know, tensions are high, this is a this is mm-hmm. a big deal one, at least for me. So um if you haven't checked that one out, listen back to it. So yeah, plus it's
1: pretty cool to see like a hot chick posting her boobies on our on our various pages. That's pretty sweet,
0: dude. Boobies, um, butt cheeks. You know, a whole <laughs> bunch of just you know naughty spots. Just posting pictures. Yeah, that's what's up. It's very good. Very good. It's, good. it's not bad. No. <laughs> and um, also, Ty, I wanted to I wanted to let the listeners know that some other big news going on with CSP right now that. The owner of CSP, I'm not sure if if we've mentioned this, Mark Cuban, um, oh yeah, yeah yeah who who does own complete sentences podcast? Mine and your contracts have been extended to go through the end of the year, so there will be a Halloween episode this year and that's that's already in the works.
1: It's already in the works. we got it down and it just came through like at the very last minute, really. we hammered it out, hammered out the details. yeah. And um,
0: there were yeah. some there were some stipulations in both of our contracts. I didn't really necessarily think we're going to get met this year.
1: I know, right? I thought they were a little... Even for me, I thought they were a bit steep. But he brought it. He brought that long money. Mark Cuban made it. So
0: yeah, um, I guess the, the main episode that, that people tune into is our, it's our Halloween episode. Many people love it. So it's going to definitely happen this year. And, um, yeah. you know, get ready for it.
1: Yeah, mark your calendars, folks cuz uh that's where it's all going to be happening, man. I'm excited. Like every year it sneaks up on me and I'm like, "Oh, Halloween's like just right around the corner." I'm gonna I'm gonna start I can't I cannot wait until October because I do my
0: my Halloween movie every night of the week, whatever. I have so many fucking horror movies that I've bought at the beginning of this year. I mean, I've been building these shelves in the studio and I've been trying to I I've, I've bought more DVDs this year than I think I ever have in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Because I've been going back and like if it's a movie that I like, I gotta buy it on DVD. You know, it's just become—I don't even know what what drove me to do this—but I have so many like '80s slasher horror movies, cheesy camp B movie bullshit up on the walls. Yeah. And starting in October, I'm going through, and there are going to be a ton
1: of them that I haven't even watched yet that I'm going to check out for the first time. Gonna have to start cranking it out. Are you gonna do your uh, 30 days of horror movies thing? Isn't that? Don't you do that? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Might even cool. have
0: to start might even have to start a week early in September just to get through
1: them. That's right. That's ambitious. I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to have to lay out like an actual schedule. Cuz every year I say I'm going to do it and then I kind of just like don't really do it. I don't watch nearly as many as I should.
0: It does take dedication because, you know, you're excited about it like through the yeah. the end of summer I'm psyched about it and then it's like there will be one night in fucking October where I'm like You know, I kind of just want to watch The Simpsons tonight, and I don't want to watch fucking Treehouse of Horror. I want to watch just like an episode. Yeah.
1: But... It's uh, really hard being lazy and also loving, like, things. It is. Because, like, too lazy to really get into the things that you love, it kind of sucks. People think that being
0: lazy and loving TV and movies, it just goes hand in hand, but it's really a fucking chore sometimes,
1: dude. It really is, man. Like, uh... I'm so lazy that, yeah, watching movies that I really like or I've always really wanted to like becomes starts to feel like an assignment or something. Like if I make too many plans to do things, like if I lay things out, like tomorrow I'm going to watch this. When I get there, I'm going to be like, you can't fucking control me, Ty, from yesterday. <laughs> you can't just like assign me shit. I'm not going to do that. Oh, so I end uh... up watching like the X-Files again.
0: I, I can't tell you how many nights that's happened, Laura. Like, dude, I'm not just gonna pop in like an episode of the Twilight Zone again that I've watched a million times. Like tonight I'm yeah. doing it. Tonight it's gonna be different, man. Yeah, yeah. And it's never different, Ty. It never is,
1: man. Never is. Hey, speaking of um, the X-Files, there's a new there's a new podcast I've been listening to for all the any of the X-Files nerds out there called the X-Files Files. And it's this comedian Kumail uh, Nanjiani, mm-hmm. and he's actually in—he's actually in Silicon Valley. He's one of the tech nerds, but he's basically—he basically watches like every X Files episode, and then he has like a comedian or a friend or somebody who's also obsessed with the X Files come on, and uh, they just talk about like the various episodes. So I'm actually really into it right now, nerding out.
0: Man, that sounds pretty interesting. How much longer will it be before like every show has something like that?
1: I know, right? It won't be too much longer now.
0: Ty, we got we have to pick out a, a beloved show, and we got to start doing that
1: before someone else gets to it. We do have to do that because there's one for. Isn't there one for Twilight Zone? Or isn't there some guy doing that? Well, um, whenever
0: I mean, I'm not sure about like any um high profile comedians or anything like that, but you know, whenever we interviewed. Uh, Chris Brown from the Night Gallery podcast. He, he had right, a yeah. he had a partner that was running the twilightzonenetwork.com. and. That's right, yeah, yeah. I think they did something like that. But even ones that have already been done are going to be redone by fucking you know. Yeah, that's true. Kumail Nanjiani or Aziz Ansari or you know just any <laughs> any comedian.
1: Those are the only one. Russell Peters is another Indian com- comedian <laughs> who has. Not Indian, so it always confuses me.
0: I wasn't even going for. I was just going for more <laughs> just names in the in the comedy world. Those were the first two that came to mind.
1: You totally did it, though. You racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Well,
0: man. Speaking of podcasts too, I wanted to. I wanted to talk a little bit about this uh, patent troll thing that's that's been going on with. Um, well, basically, with Adam Carolla's podcast, but it kind yeah. of a, it, it affects every podcast, really.
1: Yeah, it does, man. I haven't heard anything lately about this, but I know uh, it's something he's been dealing with for a while. Is it basically patent trolls, which are like like dudes who – it's just like a bunch of lawyers or a bunch of people who can afford lawyers who want to go after a patent so that everybody using that technology has to pay them money for using it and using it in the past. It's just like basically – screwing people over to get a lot of money
0: yes and that's all it is is going to court just strictly to to just get money and if if it looks like it's getting a little too shady like you're gonna end up spending money then they just back out and yeah i think in this in this scenario they are trying to get people to i guess podcasters to sort of pay dues and the mm-hmm. patent the patent that they that they claim to own is anybody uploading like episodic content to the internet like they uh, <laughs> they hold that patent <laughs> Which is such complete bullshit, but... That's amazing. They, uh, you know, I guess because Corolla had that whole thing with uh, the Guinness Book of World Records where he was, like, the, the most, um you know, the most successful podcast in the history of the medium or something. So they they went after Corolla, and now they're starting to lose money, I guess. They're, they're not going to make the money that they want. I, th- I think technically... The judge has kind of thrown it out as a frivolous lawsuit. But Corolla nice. is not stopping. Corolla is going to, like, fucking run these guys in the ground now.
1: Nice. That would be awesome. That would be great. Yeah, because I think people – I know one thing I've heard from Corolla is, like, like people would can look at it and say, like, oh, that's not – that's, like, obviously a frivolous lawsuit. So we don't have to worry about anything. But I think the problem is when they take it to court for – the, for the people who are defending against it, like it costs so much money just to go to court and just to pay lawyers to – even just to take it to court to try to get it thrown out that a lot of people would just like pay – settle some amount and just to get it – just to get through with it. So you know they could settle – he could easily settle for a few hundred thousand as opposed to the millions that it's costing. And that's that's where – yeah, that's where they hope to get you that
0: you'll just settle and then pay them money for nothing. Mm-hmm. and um corolla has a fund anything account which i've i gave them 30 dollars, so i'm gonna get a t-shirt you know nice yeah just... i
1: gave them some money like if... like six months yeah. ago or so
0: and apparently it looks like um they're currently up to four hundred sixty six thousand dollars
1: really just awesome. just
0: from donations but uh we have a we have a short clip here where uh corolla just kind of he kind of lays down about what the what the basic concept of it is, so we can give a listen to that real quick.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: Hi, I'm small business owner Adam Carolla. I'm standing in my studio. I built this studio. Actually, we all kind of built this studio because you guys supported me and my podcast, and we started a nice small business with a handful of friendly employees who aim to please. Unfortunately... They're guys called patent trolls. What do they do? Honestly, I still don't know. They buy up patents, and then they use them to get money out of businesses. And in this case, a podcast, a small podcast. Well, normally, people settle up with these guys because it's so expensive to fight these guys in court. Well, guess what? We're going to circle the wagons, band together, and come out throwing punches. Here's my plan. We all band together, all the podcasts, because remember, if I go down, well, then your favorite podcast is going down next, and we're going to all fall like dominoes, but if we all unify and stand and fight together, we can beat the trolls, but we can't do it alone. We need your support. Go to fundanything.com forward slash patent troll, and let's smash the trolls. Makes you feel
0: good, doesn't it, Ty?
1: Yeah, it made me feel like going to war, really, against patent trolls. So, so, so. yeah, man. I think it's something we all need to get behind. Um, I know, like, I, for one, grew up listening to Corolla. Like, when I was a kid, I would listen to Loveline. Like, every night I would basically fall asleep to Loveline. And then when I found out he had his L.A. show, like, you could go online and listen to that on the to, the, to his radio show. And then after that got canceled, I started listening to his podcast when he started it. Um, but to be honest, like lately, I've kind of just like not really listened to him that much. Yeah. Like, I, I, there's not a whole lot I agree with him anymore, and he's kind of turned into somebody that I'm not like, especially like politically and stuff. That I can't really just sit and listen to him ranting about his bullshit. But when it comes to this, like, it's something we all have to kind of band together. We're like a little community, so.
0: It's, and, and even if, even if you're, you're someone that, that isn't like, you know, Ty and I that are, that are coming up with content and putting out our own podcast, if you just love podcasts, you know, and just love listening to them like we were before we started one, whenever we would just hang out and talk about what happened on the Joe Rogan podcast this week, you know, Mm -hmm. um, this is gonna, if, if, I mean, if, if for some reason they would win or something and people would have to start paying money, it's all podcasts as we know it are just going to crumble. Yeah, man. It's awful. It's definitely a huge threat that uh people need to take a little bit seriously. So And also I I do believe that if you go to um I know that Corolla has always done the thing where like if you're gonna buy something on Amazon, if you click through his site first or something, they'll get some type of donation. I know that on this fund anything, if you're gonna go to Amazon and buy like some headphones or fucking, you know, like a plant or whatever the fuck you're gonna buy on Amazon um, if you go through through this Fund Anything site, they'll get a little bit of a kickback. So even you don't even have to donate money. If it's a purchase you're gonna make, they'll get a kickback that goes towards this donation.
1: Oh, that's cool, man! I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a good idea.
0: So, and uh, also on our on our podcast dot com website, we have a link that takes you directly to the Fund Anything, and they have a lot of cool prizes um, for people that donate, like shirts and hats and all that kind of bullshit. But you know, check it out and uh, make a stand, guys. All right, Ty. Moving on here, um, man. Second segment is almost over already. This is crazy, but I wanted to close out the second segment here with, um, I don't know, it could be a new segment, maybe. But what yeah. we got is, uh, I wanted to just read some some crazy headlines that are coming out of Florida. You know,
1: yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs>
0: And it's no explanation as to what it is. These are headlines. I, I will uh, credit HuffPost.com with with these headlines, but these are ones that I've picked off of HuffPost.com as stories coming out of Florida, and they're all they're all actual headlines. So none of these have been botched. But this is this is what's going on, dude, down there in that uh, that Panhandle state. Is that, that what they call it?
1: Yeah, I think that's what they call it. That uh, that little state is a tiny little fucked up peninsula <laughs> of just drugs and Hoosierism. Just everything. Everything awful and wonderful.
0: There's some crazy shit going on. And whenever you visit Florida, like I was recently over there, it doesn't really seem that fucked up. It doesn't, right? It no. Was, no. You, but you just know. You just know the potential of fucked upness that, could, that you could be swept up in at any second.
1: Yeah, just within the last, like, what, five or ten years, they had the Kaylee Anthony case, the little girl going missing with her mom, and whatever all that happened. That, and then the Trayvon Martin case, like, two massive high-profile cases of this weird, fucked-up, like, what's going on down there, guys?
0: We can start off, I mean, this this one is, some of these are gonna be, like, fucked-up people, and some of them are just fucked-up situations, Ty. Like, how about a Tampa man sees a two-headed gator?
1: You know. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that <laughs> happens, yeah, I guess.
0: I can see that happening for sure.
1: I can see that happening in Florida,
0: yeah. A woman hides a child in a laundry basket at an unlicensed daycare.
1: You know? Wow. There's just so many levels of what? Yeah. What, what? Like yeah. why why did that happen? I don't know why it happened, Ty. Why are you hiding the child in the in the daycare center? And like why do you need to do that? <laughs> Is she like trying to get it daycare without them knowing that it's there? So that, that it's in a daycare, but they don't even know that it's in the daycare.
0: That would be the question, but my my question on top of that is, why would you be trying to sneak your child into an unlicensed daycare whenever you could easily that's, sneak them into a licensed daycare? That's right. It's li- It's unlicensed. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of levels there. Save a couple questions for this one, Ty. A man yeah, yeah. attacks his girlfriend's rabbit in a fight over women's rights.
1: Wow. Attacks a woman, his wife's wife's rabbit or his girlfriend's rabbit?
0: A man attacks his girlfriend's rabbit in a fight over women's rights. Wow,
1: that must have been an epic fight.
0: It must have been, and is it almost like, you know, I I almost wonder if the guy was like, oh yeah, you think women have rights, women don't have any rights, look at this, I'm going to kill your fucking rabbit and there's nothing you can do about it.
1: It was like some sort of statement, some sort of masculine statement against fem- feminists.
0: Maybe because if if you would interchange the the, you know the fucking what is it a noun rabbit with any other like a person any person mm-hmm. that would be able yeah. to speak to you, I would I would automatically imagine that the man was having an argument with that person over women's rights. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know I don't really think the rabbit was arguing with the man about women's rights. I feel like the rabbit is kind
1: of an innocent bystander in all of this. I don't know if the the rabbit has any particular feelings on women's rights either way. But with it with it being in Florida, maybe the man thought that the rabbit was teasing him about women's rights. I don't know. I mean, there's probably an, a whole meth element and hallucinations that we're not that we're not getting in the headline. Okay, how about this one? Man uses bleach to kill twenty thousand dollars
0: worth of competitors' bait fish.
1: Wow. That's awful.
0: I would, yeah, I would imagine just a a rival bait company that, you know, was bringing in a little bit more money.
1: Like two little shitty bait shops right next to each other? Yes. Oh.
0: (laughs) Only in Florida, Ty, a manatee is stranded on the beach, exhausted by too much sex.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome.
0: (laughs) Man gives another man's car away to pay for his own debt. I mean, that seems reasonable. The fact that it happened in Florida is just, you know, a guy that thinks he could get away with this crime.
1: That's pretty awesome. He's like, let me give you my neighbor's car here. It's it's worth a lot.
0: You can't just just take someone's car. I mean, I know that it seems like you can because they're all just sitting in this big parking lot. It looks like, you know, people have just kind of left them there. Yeah, right? No. You can't just give someone else's car away. That's
1: not how debt works, I don't think. No.
0: A 450-pound man hides coke and pot under his own fat folds.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously didn't get away with it, but I bet he's gotten away with it before. That can't be the first time he ever thought of that. No,
0: it cannot. A resort hides a military test site in a giant ball on its roof. Wow. So that's, I mean, that's cool. I mean... If you see a ball on the roof, you really don't think that, you know, you really don't think much of it. except maybe No, some- I'm not going to think a
1: secret test site. That's not going to be my first thought.
0: No way, dude. <laughs> and then let's, uh, let's close it out with a woman gives the cop a DVD and tries to kiss him when asked for her license. that's the
1: headline she just tries to give him a dvd and tries to kiss him
0: yeah when asked for her license so we don't know if she doesn't have a license or if there's something fucked up with her license i'm gonna assume she doesn't have a license
1: yeah that must be it that must be it i wonder
0: what was on what, what the dvd was see that's the thing dude is it doesn't tell you if it's i mean i would think about it if it's probably something stupid like you know dwayne johnson and the tooth fairy like i don't want that dvd Holy cow!
1: That be I. I'd, I'd be kind of actually happy with that DVD. Would you? Not because I like the movie, but I'd be, just be like, "This is so random that you had this DVD and yeah. you're trying to give it to me."
0: Well, it tells me that it's it's not. It, it, yeah, it tells me that it's not any good DVD because she also tries to sweeten the deal with a kiss
1: from
0: <laughs> to the cop.
1: So, my first thought was porn for some reason. My first thought was porn that she probably starred in. Oh, Tuesday. that would me.
0: that would be cool, and maybe now if it was like. Okay, so coming from from my mind, if, if a big deal if she's got a porn that she's in, unless she's like a huge like Tara Patrick or something. But yeah. I, I would be down with it if she like autographed it and made it out personally to me, and this is like her starring role. That would be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool, yeah. And then she's like, "Here's how I kiss men in this movie," and then she
1: like tries to lay one on me. <laughs> I don't know, man. That might be all right. There was some cop who got uh, busted, like what, four or five years ago, for he pulled over this this woman, and she ended up being a porn star. And I think she gave him like either a blowjob or a handjob, and got out of the ticket, or maybe I don't know what she did. If she showed him his boot, her boobs, or something, but but then afterwards she got out of it, and she, I forgot. I think she tweeted about it. And so it totally got out what, of what happened. And the Dude got busted, disgraced, fired. Oh my god! Total dummy. Yeah.
0: It you know it's gotta it's gotta be really difficult to be a cop and be in that situation.
1: Must be right
0: because of that's, course that's, of course you want a handy or a blowy, you know, in that situation. I think that's sure. what they call them. But yeah, I think so. Yeah. And you just have to pass it up.
1: You know, you gotta say no. You gotta say that's exactly what I want, but I can't do it. Yeah. And I think she was like a recognizable porn star. God damn. Uh, I'm sure he knew who she, who she was.
0: You got to just be a man of the law, you know? You got to just follow that old book. Follow the book, you know?
1: You got to do it. You got to be straight laced, buddy. Wait, got to be a straight shooter.
0: You got to be a straight shooter. You got to put your pants on one leg at a time.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? And also killed innocent people a lot because i'm seeing a whole are you seeing a lot of that lately i'm seeing like every day it's really weird being over here and seeing like headlines every day coming from the states and like every other day it's like cops kill a man who was selling cigarettes on the street or something like that it's like every single day
0: it is funny that you bring that up because i do hear hear about that or like you know during a standoff, a man gets shot, he was unarmed, but you know, cops reacted, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's 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 pretty that is pretty crazy. They need to I know that you're a cop and most of the time, let's be honest, you don't get to use your gun as often as you would like to. Mm-hmm. So you get mm-hmm. kind of an itchy trigger finger like, I think today's the day, boys. <laughs> we're gonna get to shoot this it's gonna be like in the movies, we're gonna get to shoot somebody. It but, is, you man. Know. I
1: think that's what it is too. Like I think in the states, there's the the rate of um, like death for cops and like emergency responders, like firemen and paramedics, is huge, um, higher than like pretty much any other country, and it's and they think it's because of our like American bravado of wanting to be the hero and wanting to get into some adventure.
0: I think it's also you know I mean. They get adequate training, but do you think that is there too much gun training, maybe, in in the police academy? Because it seems to me that anytime you're, and I I have known a, a couple people that have gone through, you know, police training, and uh, mm-hmm. it's all about shooting and not shooting and guns and cleaning guns and not shooting innocent people. And it th- is,
1: and and then when they're shooting, they're like shoot for center body mass because that's how you kill somebody or stop them. And yeah. It's like, how about we just, like, shoot to, like, to mildly injure so we can just stop the guy? Like, every time every time anybody mildly threatens them, they just put, like, tw- like 37 bullets in him by, like, five different cops. And I'm like, one of you guys could have probably just shot him in the leg, and then he would be alive. Like, that probably would have worked.
0: But that's the thing. Everybody wants to be the one to shoot him in the leg. And then before you know it, you got 30 guys shooting at him all trying to hit the leg. And then his head's yeah. taken off, his hand's blown away. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that there's Yeah, exactly. There's there's just too much training with I mean, they need to be trained to know how to use a gun, but maybe yeah. not that every situation can be solved with that gun.
1: Yeah, it doesn't need to be. And uh and then I always hear people the argument is like uh is like, "Well, you're not in the situation, so you don't know when you got some dude coming at you." Like, and I'm like, "Yeah, no, I probably wouldn't be able to handle it, but it's because I haven't had like training for it." Yeah. Like that's what yeah. these guys get paid for is so the training should be there for it and then people also forget like they're there to protect like they're there to protect and serve but they're not there they're they're not there to protect and serve like they're there to protect and serve everybody you know not just like people who aren't following whatever laws that they think right just cuz as should. soon as you fo- don't follow a law it means you're not you're not eligible for being protected and served anymore
0: And, I mean, come on, like, in this day and age, how many videos have we seen on YouTube with cops just blatantly not protecting and not serving? They're just
1: fucking, you know, teasing and abusing.
0: (laughs) To to tease and to abuse.
1: (laughs) It's crazy, man, the stuff, the videos that come out. There's so many videos, and there's, like, something new every week. So, yeah, I... And I fully agree with you i mean yeah what
0: do you what are you gonna do whenever that that happens but i I do think that if you're trained to to fix the situation with a gun, you would know exactly what to do ty and it's just a shame that that's the way that they train everyone yeah yeah yeah, you know what are you gonna do it's just uh that's the way they train you here in shithead America <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh shithead america
0: ty I'm a German enthusiast now dude you're 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 turning me into a you're turning me into just a uh Man, what did what did what did Sergeant Slaughter call it whenever he whenever he went heel in the eighties and he became an Iraqi with uh, the Iron Sheik? It was uh, oh, he became an Iraqi sympathizer. <laughs> That's what I, I'm going heel right here on the podcast, Ty, and I'm I'm becoming a German sympathizer. It's happening. Come to this side, buddy. All right, I'm gonna think about it. I think I'm gonna have to take a little bit of break and just outweigh the good with the bad. Do some pros and cons. Yes, but I'm definitely gonna give us some serious thought. Definitely do it. So we'll do that and then we will come back with the third segment here on CSP.
2: Helps you every day. How about some cheese for your pizza or perfect salad shooter hash browns for breakfast? Vegetables sliced or shredded and nothing tops a salad like salad shooter. And shoot to help you every day. Presto Salad Shooter Electric Slicer Shredder. So you can fill an omelet, slice a beet, make a soup, top a treat. Clean up easy, dishwasher safe, stores anywhere. Salad Shooter helps you every day. Original and professional salad shooter. Zay, you're out for a beer. What do you have? Beer. What if there wasn't any beer? Sorry, guys. Never heard of it.
1: Zima. Oh, SEMA. Zima's good. SEMA?
2: There you go. What is this? I don't know. A, 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 a unique alcohol, alcohol beverage. I kind of like it. Anything else? you got pretzels? Mm. What day is this?
0: All right, Ty. Well, uh, back for the third segment, man.
1: Here we are, buddy. Back together again.
0: Once again, third segment. I'm getting a lot of déjà vu happening here. <laughs> it is right.
1: Déjà vu over and over again. So uh, I should I should
0: mention before we get this going that as we as we were doing this podcast, um, it's. We've had this up for a little while. We didn't know who was going to get it, but it has been sold now. Ty Line Dancing for Seniors with Dr. Grant Longley. The uh, coveted VHS tape that I have in my possession has been sold. Oh, yeah.
1: So somebody finally snatched that up, then, huh?
0: They snatched it up, and it's going out as soon as we wrap this podcast. We're going to get this packaged out and shipped off, but um. I mean, dude, that's that's what happens on the the Complete Sentences store at amazon.com forward slash Complete Sentences.
1: That's right, buddy. I'm glad somebody picked it up because I was about to scoop it up myself, but I wanted to save it for like one of the customers or somebody else. Yeah,
0: yeah, I can see that. I mean, you'd feel bad, you know, buying all the good shit yourself because you you know you're part of it. And yeah, absolutely. But. It's, it's been purchased now, and, uh, yeah, man, it just that just goes to show you, that's where the party's happening, is at our um, Amazon store.
1: It's a, it's a good indication of what's going on out there. Somebody's really getting into line dancing for seniors.
0: Not only that, but they're getting into it on videotape, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: You know what I really, really hope? I really hope that it's, like, some orderly at, like, a nursing home. And there's going to be a group of seniors line dancing to our line dancing for seniors tape. This Just getting a cool. whole lot of love and life and action and activity out of our out of our merchandise.
0: It'll be their Thursday night activity, and everybody's going to come into the common room, you know, in the middle of the <laughs> the nursing home, and. Oh yeah. And then maybe uh, maybe even two old people will fall in love again, you know.
1: Maybe that'd be cool. There's going to be sugar free punch and sugar free sugar cookies. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and then everybody will have to take their medication on time. It'll get passed around and oh, well. it's going to be their socializing hour. It'll be fun, dude.
1: It will be fun. Awesome. Yeah. So what
0: is, uh, what does the third segment bring to us today? Ty? Um, we were talking off the break that you, you went through and you were, well, you were finishing up with the new Stephen. Well, not the new Stephen King, but it's his, uh, his new shining, I guess, esque book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Somewhat new. Um, yeah, well, what I did is I hadn't read The Shining since I was probably, like, 16 or 17. Um, and so, bar- like, really, I just barely remembered it. I just remembered being terrified by it. Um, so I decided to go ahead and read it again because uh, I basically found a copy of Dr. Sleep, which I hadn't bought it over here because I could only find it for, like, 20 bucks, and I wasn't ready to plop down 20 bucks for it. Right. Um, but somehow I just found it, so... I decided to read The Shining again, and uh, now I'm, like, halfway through Dr. Sleep, and Dr. Sleep is, like, his, the continuation of The Shining, when uh, little Danny Torrance is all grums up.
0: I have not read that yet, um, but I've heard good things about it. I've heard that it's a it's a pretty solid book, man.
1: Yeah, it's really good so far, and it's, and it is, like, super spooky. He's got some really grim, dark stuff in there, like... I think it's been a while since I read one of uh, Stephen King's like horror novels, um, so I kind of forgot like just how dark he can get. But there's some grim, gruesome stuff in there because it's basically about a like a roving band of uh, these weird—they're people, but they're like also like these weird demon things or something that feed off of um, like little clairvoyant kids. So basically, they just have to like kill little clairvoyant kids, and then they call them steam. Like what they release when they die is steam, and um, so that's like. And the more pain that the kids are in, the more steam they put off, and the more they can feed off of that steam. So there's some pretty gruesome shit in there.
0: Oh my god, I can only imagine.
1: Yeah, I had forgotten that Stephen King is the master of horror, but he is.
0: That's uh, you know, and it's it's really it's interesting that you bring up you know reading the the Stephen King book just because I got the newest issue of Horror Hound magazine and it goes around um there's a huge article about Stephen King's best movies like adaptations. Oh yeah. And there is a uh, there's a list on here that is King's best unfilmed movies and then they give you the the 10, you know, not I'm sorry, the unfilmed books but that mm-hmm. should become movie adaptations. Yeah. Of um, course number 1 is The Dark Tower, The Gunslinger.
1: Hell yeah, man! And I know they're work. They're working really hard on that. Whether it's going to be a movie or a miniseries, I'm not sure. But yeah, that'd be fantastic.
0: Yeah, and we've been talking about that really since you know we've created CSP. Like that's just been an ongoing yeah. thing. it's going to be a huge, a huge thing whenever that comes out. And I heard that Ron Howard's like attached to it. Yeah, he
1: has been. And um, some of the I, I forgot who else, but I know Javier Bardem was in talks for a long time to be Roland, the main guy. Oh, that would be um, perfect. Yeah, right. Absolutely, that would be amazing if they could pull that together. But
0: Doctor Sleep is on uh, this list; it's number ten. I mean, there are a lot of other ones that I I don't really know about, like a, a lot of collections of shorts, like um, you know, Just After Sunset is a collection of short stories, and mm-hmm. um, let me see, From a Buick Eight, which I thought was a movie. I'm surprised.
1: I thought that was too. I guess not. Maybe maybe it
0: was are they counting miniseries
1: or I don't
0: know. They do, yeah. They count, you know, his all of his mini like Under the Dome is on here and even, you know, um the stand and all of those all mm-hmm. of those iconic, you know, nineties miniseries that King put. Yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Which I know that I know that we've talked about this in the past, but since you since you bring up reading The Shining again, um I mean I could talk about this on every episode of C S P for the rest of my life, but what what is your opinion between obviously the book, the miniseries, and the Kubrick film? Like, mm-hmm. how would you rate those if you had to f Mary kill one of them?
1: <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, obviously we don't have to make no bones about the miniseries. That's the that's the kill. Um, it was still good because it was Stephen King and it was this you know still creepy, but obviously it was the least of all of them. Um, And actually having read the book now and having it fresh in my mind, um, I think Stanley Kubrick did like a really good job with with the movie. And I know like I – I think we've probably even talked about it too, like that it was such a – so many things changed um, from the book to the movie. But actually I think he like nailed the mood and the atmosphere. I think he absolutely nailed it. Um, And one thing like I couldn't remember reading it whether – whether uh, Jack, um, Jack Nicholson's character Jack or John or whatever, um, I couldn't remember him being so, like, kind of twisted and weird and odd as how he was, like, in the beginning of the movie, um, Kubrick's movie, he's, like, really just, like, he seems already fucked up and he's, like, has, like, all these weird, creepy facial expressions and stuff. And you can tell he's already twisted. But in the book, he's actually. Well, he's not that much, he's already, like, fucked up by childhood, and he's he's already going into it with some, like, pretty heavy demons. So, uh, yeah, I actually think Kubrick did a really good job, and I think he pretty much nailed the atmosphere and the mood and everything that the book was getting across. He, I think
0: he did, too, and I completely agree with you on the miniseries. As, you know, King will tell you, this is the definitive edition. If you're going to watch a movie based, you know, skip over the Kubrick movie and watch this. The movie's not that great, you know. Like the mini series is kind of boring, I think. And I fucking yeah. hate that fucking kid that's in it too. We've talked. I know. I know we've talked about that. We talked about that.
1: That little shithead with his stupid little voice and his big puffy yeah. squirrel cheeks. Yeah, you know.
0: <laughs> but I, I kind of, and you know, I can understand where King's coming from. Where he wrote this book, and then Kubrick kind of just took out some of the aspects that maybe he felt weren't as important to the story. Yeah. But as an from coming from an outsider's point of view who loves the movie and who loves Stephen King, I can I feel comfortable saying that I do feel like Kubrick took out some of the aspects of the story that maybe weren't as important that maybe we didn't need to know.
1: Yeah, he did, man. Um and any any movie that's made off of a book, they have to cut. They have to trim some of the fat and and uh, just like a movie is totally different from a book. It's like becomes a different medium when you put it on screen and there's imagery to it. Um, it just doesn't it doesn't film well if you just completely like like what we've seen like with the miniseries and stuff. Like when you try to stick too faithfully to the book, like it doesn't really translate that well all the time. Um, so yeah, I thought the things that he took out were were perfectly fine. There was still some depth in the book that was a little bit that it was cool to read the backstories of stuff like Dick Halloran, the 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 uh, caretaker or whatever, or the cook. Um, He has some really cool backstory and you get more into his character. And, um, yeah. and
0: Ullman too, the, uh, the manager of the, of the hotel. Like there's like a whole backstory with him as well that you don't get into in from the movie obviously, but yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of, and it's, it's sad, but I kind of do treat the book as like, you know, It's like a behind-the-scenes type thing for the movie. Like, if you love the movie, then read the book, because then you'll learn even more about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think what ended up really happening is it sounds like Stephen King and Kubrick just didn't get along. Like, they just didn't like each other. And I'm sure I can easily imagine that, because it sounds like Kubrick could be just a bastard if he wanted to. (laughs) His vision was his vision and how he was going to do it. There was, like, no... There's no, there's no room for any kind of, uh, any kind of, what's the word?
0: Well, there's, I, there's just no, like, no other way to go about it. You know, there's just, I, I look at it as two egos meeting, like a, almost like a perfect storm, because, for mm. the, whenever, whenever someone's on the set on a Kubrick movie, everybody's like, oh my god, the great Stanley Kubrick, like we cannot say anything to him or give him any you know he's a mad genius and the same thing goes with king if somebody's somebody's taking an adaptation of a stephen king novel they're completely like oh i hear that king's gonna come on set today and you know we cannot we we cannot just take any of his ideas and make them into something of our own both of these people meeting each other two mad geniuses dude it's got to be insane
1: yeah that's true and obviously like stephen king also was probably in the in the depths of his alcoholism and his own drug abuse and stuff. So he probably wasn't, uh, the easiest guy to get along with either at the time. But yeah, man, I think they are I think the Kubrick movie just really is a really awesome representation of the book. It just, uh, like some of the stuff in it is embellished to put it forward. Just like Jack's character, just how like twisted and screwed up he already was going into it. Um, but yeah, I think he did really well by it. And also, um,
0: you know, Stephen King hated how Kubrick took out the hedge the hedge animals and yeah, turned it yeah. into a maze. But you know, in 1980, you're not gonna like it would have looked so
1: retarded, dude, to have those. Yeah, you would have had to do like claymation or something. I don't know what you could have done. It would it would have been really bad. It would have been impossible. And yeah, so. him throwing the maze was just it was beautiful. You know. Yeah, it was awesome. And the, and with the hedge animals, like that's something that probably wouldn't translate that that well to to film now. Even now, like it would probably be kind of cheesy and cartoonish. I mean, it might look they might make them look really good, but it'd still just be a fucking big like lion made out of leaves. Yeah. <laughs> no
0: that's perfect for the book but kubrick did what he had to do and the movie i i love that it's one of my favorite movies of all time so yeah
1: for sure for sure
0: but yeah ty as uh as the the third segment's rounding out i did have one other topic i wanted to bring up to you um actually this past weekend i went to an independent wrestling show
1: oh yeah man i saw the pictures of that yeah where was that it
0: was um it well it was uh, at the Belleville Fairgrounds um, back sort of by my hometown in Illinois it was okay. basically you know I, I grew up in a small town so it was the closest thing to a a bigger city that was mm-hmm. like where the mall was and where like you know exotic restaurants like Burger King were because wow. I grew up ten minutes away from the town that had the Walmart and they had a Taco Bell and a McDonald's. And mm-hmm. if you wanted to go anywhere else, you had to go, like, 45 minutes to, like, Belleville. So yeah, we went to uh, the fairgrounds, which is where they had the stock car races and all that kind of bullshit. But me and my friend Brett went, and it was it was pretty cool, man. Um was not a huge turnout. There was, like, 20 people <laughs> that showed up. No. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. And it was, um, I think the uh, – I'm trying to remember what the organization was called um, – it was HRW, high risk wrestling.
1: <laughs> wow. So Really? Yeah, so how did uh I guess did he just see an ad for that or something or
0: Well, I went on a I went on a camping trip with him and his his grandparents, they rent out a space at the flea market in Belleville, which is at the same place that the wrestling event was. So yeah. uh, One of the wrestlers, his name was uh Jack Magic Man Sin. He was just walking around and um his gimmick is he comes out and does magic tricks. It's pretty fucking hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. But he's been a lifelonger in the business. You know, he's gone to uh Japan and he's even wrestled like an ECW and some some oh, wow. you know, some higher of note organizations, but uh my buddy was talking to him and he hooked him up with some tickets, so he told me about it. We went. Dude, it it is so amazing to me. Like I I like watching wrestling and it's amazing how you, you watch somebody like, you know, John Cena or Randy Orton on TV and it's just like, hey, that's a pretty high profile job. Like that's, you know, there's there's mm-hmm. stars. That would be pretty cool. The amount like there is it's completely it's such a fine line of wrestling in a gym mm-hmm. and wrestling fucking on TV because you seem like a total loser. If you're out in your underwear wrestling for 20 people, it's just like, who, who the fuck are these guys?
1: Yeah, that must be like a really seemingly like thankless job. Like you're putting your heart and soul out there and you're getting injured and hurt. And you're not making hardly
0: any money, dude. Yeah, and then you look out and there's like 20 people there. And not only that, but everybody's kind of making fun
1: of you. It's like you're the joke, Mm -mm. you know? That must be tough, but you have to be like passionate about it to do it.
0: You got to be passionate and you got to go out there just, you know, acting like there's a whole stadium full of people yeah and you're out there in your fucking underwear and you're doing moves that whenever you're sitting that close you can tell that it's all scripted and whatever so everybody's kind of chuckling at you and shit yeah yeah it's it takes balls man to do that i would imagine
1: yeah it has to man it
0: has to yeah the main event was a three stages of hell match and uh (laughs) they ended up letting just letting everything go they were they were going out to the concession stand and fighting each other and throwing ladders around, and it was pretty. It was pretty comedic, but it was a good time, man. It was, it was, uh, it was something more fun than I
1: would be doing on any
0: other Sunday afternoon. So.
1: Oh yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, dude. Uh, every once in a while, back in St. Louis, uh, back when we just had regular cable with all the fuzzy channels and stuff, um, I would. Uh, switch over to the like public access or with local TV and there would be like local St. Louis wrestling or something. And there was some pretty amazing things in there. Like I think we talked about this like two dudes wrestling in a big um, inflatable kiddie pool filled with spaghetti <laughs> and they were like slapping each other with spaghetti and one guy choked the other guy out with spaghetti.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Getting choked out with spaghetti. I love it whenever they take little little stupid objects like that and they act like it hurts. Like yeah. Somebody went and grabbed somebody's like paper cup, you know. Somebody mm-hmm. from the audience, they hit the other guy with it, and he acted like it killed him. That's awesome. Oh yeah. You know, I'm coming. I'm coming yeah. from an honest place because I appreciate wrestling, the sport of it, and I, I, I'm a fan of it. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, watching that, it's it's pretty hilarious watching indie wrestling like that. You know, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: whether it's meant to be hilarious or not, it's it's meant to be entertaining. And if you're laughing about it, then I guess it's entertaining. So they're doing their job. But yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's just about all we have for this show. I mean, we covered all of our topics, and... Yeah, I think we got it all, buddy. I think we checked off all the, the check
1: marks. Yeah.
0: Anything uh, Anything else in uh, German news that we need to know about, since you're, you're way over
1: there, and... Uh... Um... No, dude. it's <laughs> nothing at all. There's nothing at all besides... Germany kicking its heels on um, everything that's going on in Russia and Ukraine and stuff, but nah. Yeah, that's what, uh, I
0: mean, we tune into NPR for all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I love when it, man, I love tuning into NPR and uh, I have a joke, you know, with my girlfriend, like how long is it going to take for them to say Gaza? Like how, how it's going to take, I'm guessing it's going to take a minute and 15 seconds.
1: Really, dude. Like every news or anything that you listen to, like they're like top stories today, and you're like Gaza, yeah, and it's always Gaza.
0: It's what are we gonna hear first? Are we gonna hear Gaza or Benghazi? We're gonna hear one of those two first. (laughs) Gaza,
1: Benghazi. Everything's just kind of fucked up right now. It is kind of funny.
0: It is, Um, and then I'm like, it's you know. it makes you feel stupid because you're like, did I just hear this story yesterday? Are they trying to take yesterday's news and throw it to me like it's something new? Because it sounds yeah. so—it sounds so much like yesterday's news.
1: Yeah, I mean, they pretty much do do that, and that's all they're—that's all they're doing is showing you the most fucked up things that are going on. And they're like, well, we don't have anything today, so we need to tell them about the fucked up thing from yesterday. And, and keep so- them tuned in.
0: Sometimes I wonder if they're just taking just those just those terms that everyone's expecting to hear and they're just making and making it into a a sentence that just doesn't make any sense. But, you know, this is this happened today in Gaza and, the you know, the prime minister is uh, uh, thoughts of democracy.
1: (laughs) They're just making gibberish words and everybody's sitting there like, hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, you
0: know. I, I'm sure that happens more often than we think and nobody nobody wants to question it because you don't wanna you don't wanna feel too dumb, you know, that I'm listening to NPR and this makes sense to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's just He's an cranking. ongoing joke. Yeah, you lower your windows, you crank up your crank up the NPR a little bit and you kinda just sit there. As conspicuously as possible, so people walking by can see you listening to NPR. Yeah, and you're just like, this makes sense to me. You're like yelling it out the window. (laughs) You have to nod your head like you're understanding. Like,
0: bah, yeah. It's complete bullshit. He's so smart. But, all right, so episode 60, man, in the bag.
1: We got it, dude. We knocked it out. We did. It was easy, too. It was an easy one.
0: It wasn't yet. Not a lot of effort in that one, you know, which is fine. Yeah, it is good. It's kind of, it's becoming that with us. You know, we've been doing this for so long. We're just like veterans, you know, we're just like seasoned professionals.
1: We are, man. It's all old hat now. I mean, here most... right now. I'm like, I, I, I mailed this one in, to be honest with you.
0: Oh, dude, me too. Like I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm playing this level on Mario right now. Like I'm halfway through. <laughs> it's like whenever you start saying something, I put my microphone on mute and then I'm like back to this video game. <laughs> yeah, right. And then I can tell the way you look at me. I know that it's my turn to make my statement.
1: Yeah, we have a good system going. Like mm-hmm. It's just like a series of blinks and nods and stuff so that the other person knows to kind of jump in yep. and start speaking to.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm texting my mom, you know, in the meantime, seeing what's going on. I'm, I'm running downstairs smelling what's for dinner.
1: Yeah. we got this whole system going on here. I did my taxes, man. I'm like way late or super <laughs> early, however you want to look at it. <laughs> But I, did them anyway.
0: I love how I love how you've been so lazy getting to your taxes like this late, but you have to do it during this episode. It's just like, well, this is the one
1: time I can do it. <laughs> That's why it was the third segment, dude. That's when you're supposed to do tasks. That's when you're supposed to get shit done. Is during the third segment. You're right,
0: and man, yeah, th- I don't ever really think about getting my tasks done, but that is a good time to get tasks done, even for the host of the show.
1: It is, man. It's not just for it's not just for the listeners, it's for us too. No, of course not. Of course
0: not. All right, so I guess we can go ahead and end this one and um, you know, we'll be back to see what sixty one brings us. Yeah. But um episode sixty in the bag. Here it is. Any closing words for you, Ty? Uh no. Be good to each other. I would definitely second that. And also guys, um, Make sure to check out that Fund Anything, um, the Adam Corolla. It's, it's, really it's a really good organization, what they're doing, and uh, I feel like we all need to support it because it's not even just podcasts, really. I feel like if podcasts go down, that's like the fucking freedom of the
1: internet. This is like, it's like Cyberdyne. It is, dude. This is about the internet, and it's sad because not everybody even listens to podcasts, so there's really a small amount of people who know what's going on, but I don't know. It is. It's a big
0: issue. So, yeah, um, and, uh, you know, we'll be back later. All right, bye. Bye.
2: (laughs) You have just listened to Complete
1: Sentences with Ty and Rocky K. Please feel free to email us at completesentencespod at gmail.com.